being able to actually see us do something to make a difference and watch as the moderators started shutting down, you know, posting in different forums and how they were responding. It was pretty cool to watch. And it made us all feel like, hey, we can actually do something. Like, we really can. Hello, and welcome to the Hacker Next Door podcast, where we explore the origin stories, exploits, and everyday lives of real-world hackers. I'm your host, Jeremy N. Smith, and this series is my chance to challenge stereotypes and examine the human side of this extraordinary activity and profession, who hackers really are, and how hacking really works. My guest today is Caitlin Bowden, founder and CEO of the Badass Army, an international nonprofit organization trying to end revenge porn and other forms of online image abuse, led by a coalition of these acts' victims. The group uses education, legislation, technology, and good old-fashioned guerrilla hacktivism to build solidarity, empower victims, and get justice. They're also trying to have fun and change the culture of consent, online and off. Bowden herself is a mother of two and former bartender who started as a casual internet user and now trains law enforcement, legislators, and affected victims while leading the badass army full-time. She's smart, funny, and determined to make a difference. I know you'll enjoy our conversation and be inspired afterward to kick butt too. Thanks so much for joining me, Caitlin. Thank you for having me. You were a 30-something bartender watching Stranger Things at your mom's house when you got a Facebook message that turned your life upside down. What did it say? Well, it was a friend of mine. It was an acquaintance that I hadn't seen in a really long time. And the message basically said, hey, there are some pictures of you on this website that I don't think are supposed to be out there. She was also in the same thread. The website that she had directed me to was a non-IB. And what's a non-IB? A non-IB was, it was an image board, but it was solely used for the purpose of sharing nudes without consent. It actually divided us up into sluts by state. Any town, any area in the U.S., even some high schools or workplaces, they would sit and trade girls, like their pictures, without any consent or knowledge that they were being shared. They would just trade them like we were Pokemon cards. How had this happened in your case? I had sent these pictures to my ex. We had broken up by then, but we'd been together for years. And first I thought maybe he did it, but after you know, I thought about it for a couple minutes, I realized there's no way. He's not <laughs> that kind of person. It turns out he didn't. An acquaintance of ours, different acquaintance than the one that messaged me, had stolen his phone in order to gain access to the pictures. This guy was one of those avid traders. This was his hobby. That's so disturbing, and I just, I assume it was a multi-step process, but like, how did you respond? How did you seek help, and what was the response? Well, my first response was panic. <laughs> I, like, I wasn't a very big internet user. This is the first time I'd been on an image board, and or really any website like this, so I had no idea how to navigate this site, and it was just pure panic. You know, all I could think of is my mom's going to see this, my brothers are going to see this, and it took me a few minutes to calm down and be like, wait, you're 31. You have two kids. Nobody is expecting you to be a virgin at this point. And frankly, yeah, there could be worse pictures. Still, it's such a violation. Oh, did it you, is. It was I'm, such a violation. I'm sure you didn't just, I mean, did you just shrug? You didn't, obviously, because we're having this conversation. So what, what were the steps you took next? Well, next, I just decided I started getting real angry. It wasn't just a shrug. It was like a, how dare they? 
next step was I contacted a friend of mine who was much more internet literate than myself. And he was able to help me get them down as well as help me trace them to the original place they'd been uploaded. And that's how I found out who had shared them because they uploaded them with the same username as their Xbox Live account. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. And so I messaged him, you know, I confronted him, like, hey, why would you do this to me? How did you get these pictures? What the hell? And he responded, he felt bad, probably just for getting caught, but he confessed everything. Said he stole my ex's phone, didn't really have a reason why, said he was sorry, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, he did all this through text message. So I take my phone, I go to the police station, and I'm like, I'm going to do something. And... That mentality ended real quick because it turns out it's totally legal. So stealing the phone's illegal maybe, but posting the pictures, which in your case was a much bigger violation, that was legal at least at the time? Mm -hmm. Yes. They they said that the only uh, crime that had been committed was the theft of the phone. And because my ex hadn't pressed charges, that it was uh, nothing they could do. You got the images off the image sharing site initially, but then they were reposted. How did you finally fight back? Well, they got reposted, got them back down, and it happened three or four more times. I mean, as soon as these guys realized that I knew about these pictures, that I was actively removing them, they made it so much worse. They started saying more horrible things on the text portion of the image board and so on and so forth. And eventually, scrolling through, and I start seeing way more faces that I know. I'm from Youngstown, Ohio. This is not like a huge city where everybody doesn't know each other. So I started reaching out to the other girls and being like, hey, you know, this is happening to me too. And someone messaged me, but I feel like if we all got together and started doing something, we could actually make something happen. I don't know what difference we can make, but we could do something. And it took off from there. I started a little Facebook group. There were like seven of us and it just kept growing and growing because more people, everybody knew a few people that this had happened to. And everybody started to take the initiative to reach out to people they didn't even know through Facebook and social media. They would just find their pictures, figure out who they were, and reach out and bring them into the fold. And this isn't just Youngstown. It's not just Ohio. It's not just America. I mean, you co-founded the Badass Army in August 2017. Within Mm -hmm. nine months, you go from a local Facebook group, a local Ohio Facebook group to 850 members in 13 countries, and I don't know how big you are now. Did that kind of growth surprise you? And what are some of the specific stories that you heard from fellow victims? Yeah, the growth definitely surprised me. I had no idea how huge of a subculture this was, how many victims were out there. And now we are much, much bigger. I think we're at around 2,500 just on Facebook. Wow. And we have other mediums that we use to connect with victims as well. And some of the stories I heard were not at all what I thought. When one hears the term revenge porn, they think, okay, well, it's an ex. Or at least in my situation, it was somebody stole an ex's phone. But oftentimes we came across victims that had been hacked. People who had taken their phones in for service and then suddenly their pictures got leaked. Or people whose pictures were photoshopped. People that had been blackmailed or sextorted. People had been told, okay, well, we're going to release this somewhat naughty picture of you unless you take even naughtier ones for us. Every scenario you can possibly imagine, including guys who had been extorted through cam girls. 
I had no idea how many different ways human beings could be horrible online. Well, not only horrible, but organized. I mean, that's what's kind of interesting when I think about it is the horrible side was organized, had a process, had a plan, had a group. Mm -hmm. And you're adding that to the other side. And I think that's a key part of fighting back. As a group, you've infiltrated revenge porn forums and you've forced members to take notice. And some of these are really clever and funny, but also inspiring. Can you share some of the stories of the actions you guys have taken kind of as activists? Sure. One of my favorite personal things to do is to infiltrate these private trading groups, whether it's Discord, Slack, even kick rooms and get in there. And I like to just start identifying usernames. These guys oftentimes will recycle them and they're creating names that they'll remember so that they can log in. A lot of them have another account that's above table and they need to remember that this account is there. So oftentimes it's a video game name or a nickname or something that is connected to them somehow. There's also a ton of context clues, but I do like to go in there and just start identifying everyone in there and let them know that we're here. And I use a lot of OSINT skills for that as well. OSINT meaning open source intelligence? Well, I didn't even know OSINT was a term up until last year. I just thought I was like really good at Google. <laughs> OSINT skills would be anything from using social media to connect the victims together to tracing back a username to an identity through one way or another. Somebody would say some strange phrase and they'd use it repeatedly and I'm like, okay, that's not a normal thing that people say. So I'd start looking for that phrase and other places it was used. So you go online, you go to the forum, you figure out who they are and you say, hey, Barry, hey, Rick, I know you work at this company or I know you drive by this house. Is that the kind of hello wave that lets them know to be on notice or is it more subtle or, or more dramatic than that? Depends on how I'm feeling. Um, <laughs> some days I really do like doing that. I will post, say, their Facebook photos. And I, if I've identified everyone in there, I'll just start being like, hey, anybody got this girl? And I'll just post, you know, a picture of someone's Facebook photo that I know is in their trading. I don't mention their names. I don't do anything. I just know that it's going to scare the shit out of them. <laughs> How do they respond? They usually just disappear. Sometimes they know it's us. Word has gotten around that it's badass. And quite a few of them are really delusional and think that I'm the only member of badass. They don't realize that we are everywhere. We're infiltrating Discord servers all over the U.S., all over the world, and we're in there identifying these guys. I get a lot of hate mail for it. They do freak out, and then somebody will suddenly send me an email and be like, heard you were sharing my pictures in Discord. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, buddy. I, I remember reading about you flooding these boards with some other kind of information or other sort of images. Is that correct, too? That is correct. We have a few tools that we have available to us. People have volunteered their time. It, it's often this is somebody that has had this happen to somebody close to them or had this happen to themselves. But we all bring our own tools to the table. And one of the first things that really gave us an edge was we had a developer join and they built us this machine that would be able to flood these threads with whatever we wanted. It would bypass their flood detection and it would make it so that any badass, whether you're technologically literate or not, you could get in there and you can actually watch as we just destroy this website and make a mess out of it. And it's totally legal. We would just fill it with pictures of Shrek. <laughs> 
you're a gamer and a mom, so I think that makes sense. Does it feel like you're playing a video game in that sense, or you're reducing the content from NC-17 to R to PG to G? Yeah, pretty much. The program we had, it could start 200 threads in a matter of minutes, and threads would get buried, and the moderators of these websites wouldn't be able to recover them. So every for every Shrek that we would put up, it's one more girl's picture that's down. Mm. And being able to actually see us do something to make a difference and watch as the moderators started shutting down, you know, posting in different forums and how they were responding. It was pretty cool to watch. And it made us all feel like, hey, we can actually do something like we really can. You've also helped pass new legislation against revenge porn in Ohio and New York. What do these laws do and what's needed next? Well, we did get the one passed in Ohio and that went into effect in March. That was a long battle. This is the first time I had ever even been to the Ohio State House, much less helped with legislation. And it was really exciting. And the New York one, actually, that was not us. That is definitely Carrie Goldberg's baby. She's a lawyer out in Brooklyn. She's amazing. And she and the CCRI, the Cyber Civil Rights Initiative, worked together to really get that New York law in. And it just got signed off a couple days ago on my birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks. Best birthday present ever. We are working on some federal legislation with Representative Jackie Spear of California and John Katko of New York. And it is an amazing piece of legislation. It's going to really fill in the spots that a lot of victims find themselves with no legal recourse. It's going to kind of fill in those gaps. And we have actress Amber Heard has been helping on that, Mrs. Aquaman. So that is happening. We just introduced it, and hopefully it'll be going to the House soon. But outside of that, badasses actually helped with the Montana law as well. That one was passed earlier this year. So... We're helping out wherever we can. We're going, we're speaking, we're sharing our stories. And a lot of us are gaining a big sense of empowerment from having an entire army at our back. Yeah, I mean, you go to the state house once, maybe you think, oh, maybe I'll stay here next time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can run for office. <laughs> that would be no good. <laughs> you started as a casual internet user, but you now spend 80 plus hours a week on this work. Can you describe your technical learning curve as a hacktivist? Well... Yes, there is a huge one. I'm still feeling like I don't know enough when it comes to the tech side. I had a big learning curve on everything. I don't have a college degree. I've never been involved in any sort of activism. And suddenly I'm supposed to understand these laws and I'm supposed to be able to give out some legal advice here and there and help create this legislation and talk about it as well as handle crisis situations and trauma counseling and management of groups and or just management period, I had to learn all of that first. And I learned the basic tech stuff. I learned what a VPN is and how to do a Google image search and just kind of spiraled. I learned things as I needed to learn them. Learn by doing. Classic hacking. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm still behind, but I'm working as much as I possibly can to learn about different ways that we can protect ourselves. I'm doing a lot of studying of steganography, which would be the collecting of information from images or hiding information in images and studying more and more as to how we can get these websites down and stop it. 
stop the victimization. Now, I assume you're in the position of teaching others about technology and even, I hope, telling tech firms how to fix their platforms to protect users from image and video abuse. What are you telling them and what's the response you've gotten so far? Well, we've had a chance to talk to a few different platforms and each one presents its own set of challenges. If it's a social media platform, they need to take a tougher stance on this sort of thing. They need to start IP banning users that have been proven to share news without consent. They need to have a more no-nonsense stand, or we've also run into issues with them not doing their job collecting information and forensic data to give to the police when the time comes. So that's mostly what I've been talking to the social media companies about. But that's growing. We're talking to more and more people in the industry about how they can prevent it from happening on their platforms or their devices, things like that. And when it comes to victims, I mostly just want to go over the basic cybersecurity stuff. What is a passphrase compared to a pa you know a password, or two-factor authentication, or how to keep your images secure? I mean, just the very basics. Hey, keep the nudes out of your camera roll, is a big step in the right direction. We want to possibly prevent this, if at all possible, from happening to anybody else. So I've been going around to schools and talking to them about basic cybersecurity and consent and how it translates online. You describe yourself as sex positive. What does that mean to you? That means to me that I'm never going to shame somebody for having sex. That's not how it should be. Sex should be a healthy, consensual, enjoyable act between two people. But as long as there is consent, that's really all that matters. As long as nobody's getting hurt and everybody's having a good time, that's important to me. So while a lot of people that are dealing with rape counseling or trauma in some way, they tend to be a little bit more sex negative, like, hey, maybe you should stop doing this. But no, we think that people should be allowed to share pictures and trust somebody without it coming back to victimize them later on. So that's what I mean by sex positive. We really want to push the fact that there's a huge difference between consensual nude sharing and revenge porn. People don't seem yeah. to understand the difference. And taking pictures for yourself and for your own use doesn't mean it's your fault that someone misuses them. Oh, absolutely. Any sort of thing that we're going to do with our own bodies, if it's used against you in some way, shape, or form, that's wrong. Our bodies are our own. They're not weapons for anyone else to use. And the fact that people would, it, well, it pisses me off. Say someone hearing this has just discovered their personal image or video has been shared or posted without their consent. What do you tell them person to person? Well, the first thing I want to tell them is to breathe. It's going to be okay. Don't panic. In the scheme of things, this is just a body. This is just sex. This is natural. Any shame that you're feeling is because they're trying to make you feel it. And I want to reassure them they're not alone. That this happened to a lot of people and they've gone and survived this to lead some amazing lives and didn't let it affect them too much. And now that you know that they're out there, you can start getting them down and making this better. What's the best way to reach you, join the Badass Army and get involved if people are interested? We have a, we're on pretty much every platform that you can think of. We have a Facebook page along with the private Facebook group. And that's kind of the main place that we get our shit done. We are also on Instagram. We're on Twitter. You can message us on either of those. We also have our website that has 
email addresses for everyone on there. Whether or not you want to talk to me or you've seen what we do and, or heard our stories and there's one that connects better to yours, you can message any of us and we're happy to help talk you through this. You caught the internet a really mean place. Have you seen a bright side to it too? Or would you pull the plug on it all if you could? Oh, I would never pull the plug on it all. The internet is a tool. And how that tool is used, whether it's a weapon or to build something great, is on the hands of the user. There's some amazing people online. Honestly, I joined Twitter with my own account for the first time back in October. And how quickly the InfoSec community and the tech community and the women and tech community and the feminist community, how quickly everyone embraced me is still shocking and amazing to me. I have made friends online that I never would have made just bartending in Youngstown, Ohio. <laughs> the world has really opened itself up to me. And for that, I am incredibly grateful. So as cruel as the internet can be, it's also extremely kind. That's, that's really encouraging to hear. You certainly have done so much. And so has your whole team. Thank you for joining me. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I'm always happy to talk about this sort of thing. <laughs> thank you again to Caitlin Bowden. Thank you to Furniture for our theme music. And thank you for listening. Please rate, review, and share this podcast with friends. And please join me again when I speak with Liana LaRoe about hacking's origins at MIT, art status at Burning Man, and applications to investigating the human genome. That's next time on The Hacker Next door.